Norwegian feminist Christina Ellingsen is facing a prison sentence of up to three years for saying that men can't be lesbians or mothers. A representative of Women's Declaration International in Norway, Christina is being investigated under hate crime charges for tweets she made between February 2021 and January 2022 directed at a representative of a Norwegian trans activist group, such as, you are a man, you cannot be a mother. I'm speaking with Christina over the phone from her home in Norway. Thank you so much for joining me on the Feminist Current podcast today. I'm really looking forward to talking with you about all that's going on. Oh, no, thank you for having me. It's such an honor. Uh, and it's also crazy, crazy times. <laughs> really crazy times. It's almost unbelievable. I don't think anyone could have predicted this, to be honest. Um, how are you doing over there, first of all? Um, no, I'm doing. Uh, uh, I'm doing okay. Uh, I'm just waiting for the police to um, take it to the next step. So I'm waiting for. Uh, one out of three outcomes. So either they're going to um, drop the case because there's no evidence, or they're going to drop the case because they've looked at the evidence and decided that there's nothing uh, criminal and nothing against the law there, or they're going to um, take it to court and charge me with a hate crime. I want to get into the, the details of the case, um, but before we do that, I'd like to go back a little bit and I wonder if you can just tell me a little bit about yourself who are you yeah sure <laughs> yeah. yeah hello um yeah my name is Christina um I am now the country contact for the international grassroots movement women's declaration international I'm the country contact for Norway uh, and I also uh, I'm also the um, editor-in-chief of uh, Matriarken, which is a Norwegian feminist uh, online publication. And I started noticing that something was weird uh, uh, on the topic of uh, sex and gender around 2019. Um, and um, I was in, uh, at the time I was working as a teacher uh, at the university. My background in, is in biotechnology, uh, but also 10 years ago I did I did some queer studies. I felt like it was, uh, now I think it was kind of like mandatory, like everybody did some queer studies at some point. And then one afternoon in 2019, I had like uh, half a day off and I thought, I'm just gonna go and check what's going on, you know, in the queer studies world, like what's happening in postmodernism, like I've been engaged in like engineering and uh, you know a different approach to like studies for um, for a while, and it'd been ten years since I'd looked at the you know at the humanities uh, at the humanities and the yeah and the queer studies that I did, 
Uh, and then I found this discussion about Jessica and Eve, and it just completely, completely blew my mind. Like I thought there must be some mistake. They are, because these kids are genuinely believing that this man is on his period. <laughs> like, uh, and, and obviously he was a creep. Like he was, you know, a dangerous, he was, you know, pushing really dangerous boundaries. And these kids were just being so naive. Well, anyway, I tried that afternoon. I thought, well, you know, I know a bit of queer studies. I, I know the difference between sex and gender. I'm going to be a bit of a big sister and just, you know, calmly explain, patiently explain the differences, you know. And I was kind of like naive at the time because I, I still sort of believe like it's possible to live like a woman or whatever. Like I just, you know, I just thought. Uh, but even so, you can't literally believe that this man is literally a woman or that him eating cake means you know it was around the post where he was saying something like i'm on my period so i'm eating cake or something like that uh, and i just went in and you know tried to explain what biological sex is and what gender is and how those two things are not the same and i try to have this kind of you know this this kind of approach that i see a lot of people still have which is like oh there is something, you know, real trans exists. <laughs> so we have to be able to differentiate between like the real trans and the not real, you know, something like that. And it just did not matter to these people. They just, they just piled on, mass reported every single tweet I wrote. And then within half an hour, I was banned. <laughs> like I was just, I just got a message from Twitter saying, you're permanently suspended from Twitter. And I was just completely shocked. And then that's when I sort of tumbled down the, um, the gender critical rabbit hole. Uh, I found, you know, all these other women who'd been banned from Twitter as well. And I just realized that this is a systematic, very serious problem that's happening here. Uh, and um, yeah, within not too long, my employer got, got a letter from a student claiming I was a danger to students. Uh, and then shortly after that, my contract wasn't renewed. Uh, and they said it was, you know, budget cuts or whatever. And I just thought, well, this is great. I'm going to have time now, time on my hands <laughs> to kind of dedicate to this. So that's what I did. I then started the matriarch, Matriarchen, the website. And then I founded uh, Women's Declaration International Norway to kind of work politically. So that's my background. Like I came across this situation almost by a fluke, but um, uh, I just uh, realized that it's a very, that it was a very serious situation because the debate, the climate of debate uh, makes it almost impossible to um, deliver very necessary criticism especially necessary criticism against inappropriate behavior, like in the Jessica Yaniv case, you know, with his, I mean, even though there was all this evidence that he'd been sending these messages to like teenage girls, asking them about tampons and that ferry ride and everything, mm -hmm. like he was still being protected by the, by the, you know, ministers and like Twitter would still throw, you know, me off. <laughs> 
didn't you have a rendezvous with him as well? I was banned from Twitter permanently because of Jonathan Yaniv. So the the tweet that I was suspended, you know, for life from Twitter for was um, saying, yeah, it's him about Jonathan Yaniv. Um, yeah, exactly. You know, he yeah, had exactly. been essentially, he'd been outed. He had been protected by the media under a publication ban. Um and a blogger discovered his identity and discovered that he'd been behaving in a predatorial way to- towards girls and that, you know, this this pattern, this litigious pattern of trying to extort money out of people, essentially, that was what this was about. Yes. You know, he wasn't, he, I, I don't think he truly believes he's transgender, um, no, whatever exactly. that means, but he... Um, well, had yeah, been trying to extort thing. money out of businesses for some time, and he was just using this as an opportunity. But, um, you know, he he publicly and proudly bragged about being the one responsible for having me permanently banned from Twitter. No, yes, exactly. Yeah, and of course, you were, you were famous for this. And of course, I remember, of course, I know, like, uh, but I momentarily now forgot. Yeah, that yeah. was the tweet, I mean, wasn't it? In, you it, just wrote. You're right. You're right yeah, that that's him. They're protecting, they're protecting dangerous men. You know, they're protecting this man who is, is predatorial and potentially dangerous. And I'm not sure if you yes, heard exactly. actually, but Reddit um, just, this was just in the news this week, just banned the term groomer um supposedly no in a bid to tackle hate speech so it's like who is being oh, protected under that you know yeah who is being protected on that is amy chadliner still involved with reddit because that was also a weird thing did you did you see like he went from being in the green party in the uk uh where he made it impossible to talk about you know the same the same thing it was impossible to talk about inappropriate behaviors like they couldn't talk uh, about his, uh, yeah, because he hired his dad after he had been convicted of torture of a 13 year old girl. Yeah, did you, remember, yeah, did you know the case? I remember Graham Linehan and then, um, wrote about and covered that, the Amy Chandler issue. So I, I think that Amy's probably no longer involved with Reddit, but um, indeed, another no, maybe case not, of yeah, really but he was there. A, a dangerous man. Um, being protected because of fear of offending the LGBT community. I mean, whatever. That, I don't think no, the word exactly. community is appropriate, but that's the term they would use. You know, these are the LGBT is not, you know, a group of people that should all be lumped in together. You know, I don't see much commonality between lesbians and furries, for example. <laughs> no, absolutely not. No, exactly. I think it's just a term they invented to drive votes, isn't it? Yeah. Like, but, but uh, the pro- it's so dangerous that this entire, yeah, that this, yeah, that this culture has just managed to kind of cut off very important avenues of speech. Like we have to be able to point at somebody, someone who is being inappropriate and say that behavior that's happening there is inappropriate. And with, uh, yeah, Jonathan Yaniv, uh, that was not possible and it just made me realize, yeah, and, and, and the fact that you got banned as well just made me realize that me being banned wasn't a fluke. Like, it wasn't just like, you know, some weird thing that happened. Uh, and that 
that um, yeah, it's worth spending time on this topic to make it um, to counter it. Yeah. So um, so basically, I started tweeting very. You know, I've been for two years. I've been tweeting very simple statements uh, tied up to biology. You know, men are male, women are female, and have sex-based rights. Um, and just a whole, well, basically going through the women's declaration, I mean, the, the UN Convention for the Elimination of Violence Against Women, because it's very clearly that, that those rights were written to eliminate discrimination based on biological sex. Uh, and, to, and that's also just, I think, so serious that, that we're just say, seeing this avalanche of laws being implemented without any of them ever having been assessed uh, in terms of what consequences they will have for women and girls. Like Norway just implemented them without mentioning women and girls at all. And then recently they implemented the hate speech law as well. Right. So can you can you talk a bit more about that? So when did it, so did Norway recently change their hate speech laws? Yes, they um, proposed uh, in 2020, they proposed to include either sex or gender identity and gender expression. And I went to that hearing and you say nobody could have predicted it, this, but I went to that hearing and I said, we know this is going to happen. If we implement gender identity, this will be abused by activists um, because this is already happening everywhere. Similar laws have been implemented uh, because they have declared biological sex as being hate speech. So that's what I told them. And I said, uh, since gender identity is per definition a personal subjective belief, it could have been it could have been included if it was included as an expansion of like religious belief or something like that, but it was never assessed as an, a belief. It's assessed as an extension of uh, of sex, basically, and it's got nothing to do with sex. So, wh uh, so, well, I said to them, if you implement it like this, it's going to, um, it's basically like introducing blasphemy laws. Like you're going to force people to participate in a religious belief uh, that they may not be, um, you know, agree with. Right, exactly. I mean, I've I've argued many times that gender identity is a faith-based ideology. And so I agree with you that forcing people to go along with these faith-based ideas, you know, I believe that trans women are women despite all evidence to the contrary, i.e., you know, they're biologically male, so of course they're not women, is akin to forcing people to adopt a religion. Um, and it's crazy that in these modern times, progressives are the ones, you know, supposed atheists are the ones who are, who are forcing this on people. Yeah, it's completely bizarre. It's just everything is upside down. So atheists are forcing <laughs> atheists are forcing people to participate in religious beliefs, and Christians of all people are writing to schools, demanding that they stick to uh, science. <laughs> it's like it is just a little bit weird, but at the same time, like, um, yeah, no, it is weird. 
but it's not possible. It's not possible to change sex. And uh, gender identity is a personal conviction. It belongs in the category of religious beliefs. And um, I don't care what the motivation of the person is for saying that they are a sex that they are not, or a gender, you know, claiming they have a gender identity. It doesn't matter to me. I, I have the right to reject people's personal convictions, also regardless of what kind of personal convictions I have. You know, I don't have to reject it because I have a different belief. I can just reject it because I'm not convinced by that particular conviction. So that is, uh, yeah, that's, this is our right. This is our human right. We don't have to, you know, nobody can force us to, to participate in ideas. That doesn't make sense. Uh, so, yeah, uh, we'll see how it goes. But uh, I think it's a very serious situation if I'm being charged with a crime here. Because he also included the guy who, uh, who um, reported me to the police. Uh, not only has he included a political campaign, you know, this is the basis for his um, claim that I'm conducting hate crime. That's, um, that is this political campaign that I'm doing, which is women are female and have sex-based rights. But in addition, he's also included one political hearing that I've written to the parliament. And he's included uh, a participation I did on a TV debate. So it's included, like, you know, all aspects of society that, that we are totally dependent on for having, like, for being able to, you know, to, to participate in political, uh, in, in democracy. Uh, so that's, uh, it will be very interesting to see, like, what the, what the outcome will be here. So these, these tweets that you made, um, as I understand it, were in... October is that and it was that you criticized a trans activist group um I mean how did no, what it... he did was that Sorry, what he please. did was that the very the from the month the law came into action in Norway in January 2021 mm -hmm. and then for the full year he has simply recorded every single tweet I've made where his name is mentioned, whether it was to him directly or whether it was in, in a dialogue happening where somebody else attacked him. So he handed over to the police like a set of, well, yeah, more or less every interaction we've had for a whole year, he handed over to the police from the day the law went into action. And to me, it just seems like he had to do that because there's nothing hateful there. So he had to go like volume, he had to sort of hand in everything. Because of course, there's nothing hateful written anywhere. Uh, yeah, but immediately, he immediately, he immediately started, or this organization, like immediately started recording every message, which was, yeah, which he kind of, I kind of knew, we kind of knew, like, of course, they're going, you know, this is what trans activists do, you know, they are, notorious for this kind of malicious, uh, this malicious use of um, the law systems and guidelines. Mm -hmm. uh, so I've always been, you know, very conscious about the phrases that I use. Mm -hmm. But he then, he handed over a year's worth of interaction from three of my accounts, like, or three accounts that I manage. 
which is just such a massive waste of it's, police time, to be honest. Yeah, well, it, it's amazing how much time these people seem to have on their hands. And imagine if women and feminists oh, compiled job. all of the the horrific tweets that trans activists make about them or about women. Yeah, well, we should I do mean, it, but I it doesn't really matter. Possibly do that. It would be it would be books and books full. <laughs> no, it, it wouldn't even matter because in Norway, the only no, one of the reasons I know that he's a man is because women don't have protection in this paragraph. You know, like it's only it's only based on gender identity. But you, you know, sex isn't included in the hate paragraph. They include gender identity, but they didn't ex- include sex as a prote- protective characteristics. So, uh, if he is what I say he is, which is a man who claims to be a woman. Then he is protected, but then of course I'm right, and you know that can't be um, seen as hateful. But if he is what he says he is, which is a woman, he won't have protection in the in the hate paragraph. Interesting. <laughs> I'm curious to know if you have a sense of what public opinion is on on all of this, <laughs> on the matter of gender identity in Norway. Um. Well, gender identity legislation in Norway was passed by stealth, so most people don't really know what it is. Uh, I think people are starting to notice now, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, most people actually don't know what it is, and they think you know that a lot of people are just shocked, going, "No, it can't be like that. Like, you can't just say you are something. You can't just say that you're a woman." You know, just by claiming you're a woman, that's just, that's not right. But then, of course, there's a lot of people who are just, I don't know, I don't know what's up with them. They, you know, they feel like, it's like they're trying to protect some kind of mutant monster of, like, every oppressive state in the universe. Like, uh, you know, it's I've never seen such um, passion <laughs> to protect something as these people will will sort of drum up to protect these men who claim they are women. Like, I've ne- nobody has ever protected women or children with this level of passion. But here, like, you know, a man saying he's a woman, you know, if, it's just weird. Like, people will... It's like people are willing to kind of cut off an arm to sort of, you know, not hurt a man's feelings if he says he's a woman. So it's uh, it's uh, um, it's both, you know. It's a lot of people who's just realizing that we've actually we have this bizarre set of laws in Norway that makes it possible to put a woman in jail for saying, "Oh, hang on, that's a man." Do you feel like there's a strong women's movement in Norway? Uh, I feel like the women that I come in contact with are strong as hell like I've never met as many interesting and intelligent and like the span like the diversity of skills um every in my life like this topic what's so great about this topic is that it's just it's put me in contact with the most brilliant women on the planet which I'll I just I can't help but being really grateful for that but the the official women organizations i mean women's declaration international norway is the only women's organization in norway who 
claim, you know, who, who's, who can define what a woman is. We are the only ones who know that a woman is an adult human female. And we are the only ones who know, like, how it really affects women and girls when we um, deny biological reality. So women's organizations in Norway have a really strong history, but on this topic, they were, they were like, they were victims to a coup a long time ago. And it just seems like they're, um, now we're still waiting for women's, uh, the, the women's organizations in Norway to remember what a woman is, basically. Yeah, it's it's funny because, I mean, that's the same thing that's or it's similar to what's happening throughout the world, which is that a lot of the in the U.S., for example, the the mainstream supposedly feminist organizations, you know, the organizations that are supposedly fighting for women's reproductive rights, although they won't say they're women's reproductive rights. No, exactly. Um, the women who are, you know. You know, the women with the book deals, the women who are in the limelight, the women who are, you know, aligned with the Democratic Party and so on and so forth. Those women refuse to say what a woman is. They refuse to define the word woman. You know, the head of the um, National Women's Law Center in the U.S. Uh, refused to define the word women recently. Um, and And then yeah. it ends up being that the right wing and the the Christian right appear to be the only ones who know that biological sex is real and understand that men can't be women, which of course is not entirely true. There are, there are feminists, particularly radical feminists who've been fighting this issue for many, many years now, but don't have the same platforms that these, either the conservatives or these mainstream supposedly liberal feminists have. No, exactly. It's like uh, women can have all their rights, but then they have to give up uh, their definition and they have to be reduced to these body parts, you know, so you can be a pregnant person or a menstruator. And then you'll have, you know, you'll have protection against discrimination on that uh, from that. But you can't have the word woman. And on the other hand, you can have the word wo woman, but you can't have any of those rights that you need, like any of those discrimination protections. So it's like, uh, well, women obviously need to uh, organize <laughs> and get there, you know, and get and and get going. Um, and I think we, I think it's possible to do that. I think it's absolutely possible that women can make like a third option. Like we don't have to be taken hostage by either of these sides that clearly don't give a shit about women. Um, so that's what I'm. You know, either by making a platform or, you know, like a lot of us have done, like you've made Feminist Current, this fourth wave now, there's all these platforms that, are be, that women are making because we're, we're not being heard on the mainstream platforms. And what are we going to do? Are we just going to sit here and shut up? I don't think so. Like, and also, you know, women are the purchasing power in a lot of situations and women are half the votes. So I think... I think if women want to, they can really tip a lot of things around. But at the same time, like, you have to be able to, you know, define what a woman is and <laughs> and maybe uh, think outside of the box in terms of, like, 
yeah, I don't know. It's difficult with it's difficult with a lot of conservative women, you know, not to criticize because a lot of the conservative women are doing the most amazing work. Like I've seen, uh, I've looked at a lot of history, like a lot of like uh, children's rights and orphanages and like a lot of those rights have been implemented by conservative Christian, you know, humble women in positions of power. And they do all these great things for women and for children, but they don't want to call themselves feminist. And I just think that's a bit, you know, that's, I mean, I I think that I think that not calling yourself a feminist today kind of ends up making sense and it's sad, but you know, what's happened in in modern feminism is that the word doesn't really necessarily mean defending women's rights anymore. It doesn't really mean much of anything. I mean, all sorts of people call themselves feminist without actually defending women's sex-based rights and without apparently knowing what a woman is. So from my perspective, if someone is is standing up for women and standing up for women's rights, that's fine. And whether or not they label themselves feminist is, is no longer relevant. Unfortunately, that identity has become rather meaningless, in my opinion. No, and I, I, uh, I, I don't disagree. I just uh, think that there is a lot of incredibly useful history, especially in radical feminism and in the writings of like, you know, Judah Long and Sheila Jeffries um, and Janice Raymond. Like, this isn't the first, the problems that we're facing aren't new. You know, we've been here before and it's been analyzed before. And not having to reinvent the wheel can be quite useful sometimes. But I agree. Uh, you know, feminism has been used to sell everything, you know, from porn to uh, human trafficking to lipsticks, you know, and cars or whatever. So it's uh, it's very easy to see why why people would be you know, skeptical to align themselves with feminism or with the words anyway. So I'm curious to know what's what's happening with your case now? Where does it stand? What happens going forward? Well, they told me, the police told me that this is a top priority for them. So even though it's a summer holiday now, then they are going to let me know in not too long. So I'm not sure what that means, if it's one week or two weeks or three weeks. Uh, but that's what they told me. Um, it's a top priority case for them. So they're going to reach a decision uh, shortly. And the decision has uh, one of three outcomes. So either they're going to charge me with a hate crime and then we'll be going to court or they will drop the, they will drop the charges. Um, they will drop the case either due to a lack of evidence or due to a lack of criminal offense in the evidence in the evidence. So it's going to be interesting either way uh, because if they drop it, because there is no criminal offence in the things I've said, that that might be quite useful for women or for people in general who wants to talk about biology and talk about human rights without being, you know, facing the risk of being imprisoned. Um, and of course, if uh, we're going to court, it will also be very interesting. But I have the impression that they might be that the organisation. 
that uh, filed this report against me that they might be having second thoughts about having done it because um, it doesn't look good to take a woman, you know, to report a woman for hate crime, for a hate crime, for saying that a man can't be a lesbian or that a man can't be a mother, which is essentially like the bulk of the tweets that they have reported are, are simply stating that. So, um, yeah, no, uh, I'm waiting uh, to hear from the police within the next few weeks. And then, um, yeah, I'll let you know. I'll let everybody know. I'm not going down quietly anyway. Well, I'm glad to hear that. I wonder how people can support you and support your fight on this matter. Oh, that's a great question. Um, well, uh, Women's Declaration International Norway have created a legal fund, which will, um, which we are going to use to be able to support women in this kind of situation. Um, so that's uh, I'm I'm raising money to this fund now, uh, which is managed by uh, our organization in Norway. And our, uh, our organization in Norway is a registered charity. I'll just throw that in there as well. Like we're a registered charity, so we'll answer to all the accounting responsibilities associated with that. But um, I'm raising, we're raising money uh, for this specific fund, which is dedicated to women in this situation. Uh, and that would really help me out uh, because I've already, I've already, uh, yeah, racked up about, yeah, I don't know, three thousand pounds in legal fees, just from going to the police. Um, but also, we have two other cases uh, of women who are who are facing um, well discrimination at work, like they're being harassed at work through this uh, notorious trans activist letters you know the ones where they write to your employer and say you're you know a threat to society a threat to democracy and if they don't fire them they're going to ruin their company's reputation so we have two of those cases as well uh, and we also want to invite women to contact us uh, in Norway in case whenever they come in this situation because um, that is harassment and it's not okay. And we have uh, we are building up the funds, and we're also telling lawyers that they need to start studying this topic because we we we're coming with business. Like this isn't going to go away until they change the laws in Norway that enable this um, harassment uh, of women. Uh, women will be receiving these letters of harassment at work. Uh, women will be reported to the police. Um, and we want to offer women support in those situations. So, yeah, you can donate to WDI Norway's legal fund. And that will really help me out. And it will also help other women out who, who may face the same potential risk. So that would be um, WDI Norway, and of course I'll include the, the link in the show notes. Yes, yeah, that's great.
thank you so much for finding the time to talk with me today. I'm sure you're busy with interviews and and your case and your work. Um, so I appreciate it. And I wish you all the best with your case. I obviously think this is insane, but I know that a lot of other people think it's insane too. So hopefully the charges are dropped and hopefully it raises awareness about the danger of these kinds of hate speech laws and discrimination laws and how they hurt groups like women, for example. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. Uh, I hope yeah, I hope it will raise awareness too. And then thank you so much for having me on and for uh, all the work you do. Thank you. Have a great night. Take care. Take care. I'm Megan Murphy. Thanks for tuning in to Feminist Current. You can find us online at feministcurrent.com, tweet at us at feministcurrent, or send us an email at info at feministcurrent.com. We are hosted by Libsyn. And you can subscribe to the Feminist Current Podcast anywhere you like to listen. iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, TuneIn, Spotify, and beyond. You can even give us five stars and a review on iTunes. Feminist Current is produced and hosted by myself, Megan Murphy. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider making a donation to support our work. Just visit FeministCurrent.com and click the donate button.